Fantastic. Hey, how many people got their Bibles with them tonight? You got your Bibles with you tonight? This is the Word of God is the power to change your life. Amen. Fantastic. This is what I want to talk to you about. This, uh, this, this piece of scripture has, has been speaking to me, and I've found encouragement in it, and I've started to found, I've found faith in it as well. And I'm praying that tonight God will speak to you, God will enlarge you, and God will uh, strengthen your life tonight. Amen. There we go. You will find this in Isaiah chapter 7. Isaiah chapter 7. Let me know when you've got it. If you haven't got your Bibles, we have a, uh, we have a Bible with, with us here tonight. It will come up on the screen. Isaiah chapter 7. And we're gonna, this piece of scripture, it, it starts at the end. So what we're going to do tonight, we're going we're gonna to start at the end and we're going to finish at the end. So it's a, it's, you'll, you'll see what I'm talking about. Take, it says here in Isaiah chapter 7 verse 1. Now it came to pass. Came to pass in the in the days of Ahaz, the son of Jotham, the son of Uzziah, the king of Judah, that Rezan, the king of Syria, and Pekah, the son of uh, Ramalia, king of Israel, went up to Jerusalem and made war against it. But, but it could not prevail against it. Turn to the person next to you. Say, it will not prevail against me. Come on, tell them tell like you mean it. It will not prevail against me. I don't know about you, but um, I know a lot of people, and I know in my own life that there's been a lot of pressure around. People are facing pressure in lots of different places. People are uh, uh, having their world shaken in, in, in many different ways. Maybe it's a, a financial thing. Maybe it's a, a personal thing. Uh, but everywhere you look, I believe that people are facing pressure. And pressure is a good thing if you know how to look at it. And it says here, but it will not prevail against it. In verse 2, it says, And it was told to the house of David, saying that Syria's forces are deployed in Ephraim, and so his heart and the hearts of the people were moved as the trees of the woods are moved with the trees of the wind. And the Lord said to Isaiah, Go now and meet Ahaz, you and Shear Jacob, your son, at the end of the aqueduct from the upper pool on the highway down to the Fuller's Field. The Fuller's Field was also known as the public laundromat. And say to him, Take heed. Be quiet, don't fear, or be faint-hearted, for these two stubs of folk smoking firebrands and the fierce anger of Rezin and Syria and the son of Romalia, because Syria and Ephraim and the sons of Romalia have plotted evil against you, saying these things. They've been saying against you these things. Let us go up against Judah, and let's trouble them. Let's go up and get those Christians. Let's go up and get those people, the people of God. Let's trouble them and let us make a gap in their wall for ourselves. And let's set a king over them, the, king, the son of Tabal. And the Lord said, to, thus says the Lord God, thus says the Lord God, it shall not stand. <laughs> I love these words. Nor shall it come to pass. Because these guys, they think they've got it all together. I'm going to tell you right now that in 65 years, Ephraim is going to be broken to a place where it would not even be a people. And it goes on to say here, one version says, if you will not believe, surely you will not be established. But I like this version, it says this. If you do not stand in faith, you shall not stand at all. If you do not stand in faith, you shall not stand at all. Turn to the person next to you. Look him in the eye. Tell him, you need to stand in faith. You need to stand in faith. Title of my message this morning is Standing Strong in Faith. Standing Strong in Faith. So we talk about, we see a story here about, about, the, about the tribe of Judah and, and all these forces that come against them. Can you imagine a situation where um, 
where everything seems to be falling apart, where you can come under a, 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 a situation of tremendous pressure. Many people today in our, in our world are facing times of tremendous pressure. The Bible says, and we just read the story, that they were under so much fear and under so much uh, pressure, and their whole world was starting to shake. The, the, the hearts of the kings started to shake. The hearts of the people started to shake. What would it be like, my friends, to find yourself in a position where it feels like your whole world is falling apart, where it feels like you're surrounded and there's nowhere to go. So when you look at the two people, the two forces that were coming against them, one, the first one was Samaria, their, their arch enemies for a long time. See, friend, it's, it's, it's one thing to be uh, under pressure, but it's another thing to be under pressure and feel like you've got no one to go to. See, the Syrians were, were, were a long-known enemy of, of, of the people of God. But it talks about here that the, that the, the Syrian army had, had joined forces with the, with the people of Israel. Now, Israel was Judah's brother. So here we have that now Israel, uh, now Judah was in a place where they're under pressure, where they were under threat, surrounded. They couldn't even turn to their brother. In fact, their brother, the very people that they should have a kindred spirit with, that they should be one that was supporting them, had now sided with the enemy and was plotting against them. In a place, in a position where you feel like you've got no one to turn to, nowhere to run, no way of escape. The Bible talks about that their, that their hearts were, were rattled, their, their, their hearts were blowing around, the hearts of the king, the hearts of the people, they were, they were swaying, the Bible says. They were moved as the trees are moved with the wind. And I believe that for so many people today, maybe you hear this evening, Maybe there's a shaking going on inside of your life. Maybe you're not surrounded by, uh, by an actual enemy, but you may feel like that your whole life is being shaken. Maybe you're in a position right now where, where God is doing something in your life, where, where, where God is bringing up issues of the past or, or putting you in a position where uh, your world seems to be starting to rattle a little bit. How many people know what I'm talking about tonight? Yeah. Most of us at some point will go through pressure. Most of us at some point will go through a position where it feels like we've got nowhere to run. And it's not just about, we're not just talking about the bank floor closing on your mortgage or anything like that. We're talking about something a bit more scarier than that. We're talking about a whole enemy surrounding you. They wanted to kill you and destroy you. Many times we can come into a position where it feels like we've got nowhere to run. It feels like the very people that should be our brother standing with us have actually sided with the enemy and actually plotting against us. How many people know what I'm talking about? How many people know what it feels like to have your whole world shaken, not knowing where to run, not knowing what to do or, or, or who to go to? Many people find themselves in positions today. Maybe it's a financial thing. Maybe it's a, it's a personal issue in your life. And, and I believe that in many places that God is shaking people's lives. People's lives feel like the, 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 they've been, their hearts have been blown by the wind. See, this, Bible, this, this piece of Scripture talks about one thing. See, Israel was known as the people of God, but Israel in this particular case represents the, the church, the people of God in a backslidden state. Backslidden state inside of themselves with the enemy army. See, one of the things, the first point I want to talk about tonight is if you're in a place where you feel like you're surrounded, if you feel like you're in a place and you're under pressure, where you feel like your heart where you're, where the peoples, and, and the people around you, 
Your hearts are getting swayed this way and that way. You've got the winds, the, the winds of adversity coming around your life. The first thing you mustn't do is side or listen to people who are in a backslidden state. It's very, very easy when you're in a place of uncertainty, when you're in a place when your whole world is being rattled or when you feel like you're under pressure. It's very, very easy to find a, an easy way out or, or to, side with a, uh, to side with the wrong things. See, but the, the, the people of Israel represent people who are double-minded, backslidden. Many Christians today in many places in the church, people that should be walking, should be, should be standing together as brothers and sisters, are actually in a backslidden state, siding, uh, lining their life instead of with kingdom values, lining their lives with the, with the values of the world. All of us are in that place or get off of that position at some point, whether we choose to align our lives and align our, 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 our values with, the, with either the kingdom of God or the, or the values of the world. The first thing to do, if you want to be a person that knows how to stand strong in faith, is you've got to align your life, not with the values of the world, not with the values of people who are in a backslidden state or have double-mindedness. You've got to align yourself with people of faith. You've got to align yourself with kingdom values, with the Word of God. First thing you do, don't align yourself with, with, with people who are in a backslidden state. It says here that uh, uh, in the house of David and the serious forces were deployed in Ephraim. And so his heart and the hearts of his people were moved as the trees of the woods are moved like the winds. See, my friends, it's okay. Second point, it's okay to have your life rattled. Everyone has their life rattled every now and again. It's okay to be in a position where, where your life gets swayed a little bit. That's not the problem. Every one of us will face pressures. Every one of us will, will, will feel rattled inside at some point. Every one of us will feel like us in a, we're in a place where, uh, where, the, where the world feels like it's caving in around us. Everybody, feel, everybody goes through some situations like that. See, the thing is, it's okay to be shaken. But it's not okay to be up, uprooted. So it's up at, we live up in a farm right up in the hills up over here. And the other night we had, a, we had an incredible wind. And the wind was just absolutely howling. You could, you, could feel the, uh, you, you could just feel the strength of the wind outside. And our, and our house is surrounded by trees. And, uh, and, the, and you could hear the trees creaking and groaning as the wind would just blow and, and, and put incredible pressure against them. The next thing I... I um, Next day, I got out to have a look at these trees and uh, have a look at the shoulder belt that ran down, down the side of our house, uh, down the paddock a little bit. And uh, most of the trees were standing, except there were some trees. There was about half a dozen trees that had fallen flat in the wind. What was the problem with those, those, uh, those, those half a dozen trees? Well, you could see the root system on it. The root systems on them were not that strong at all. Every other tree got rattled. Every other tree along that shoulder belt got, got pressure un, uh, put underneath them. But there were six trees that fell over. What was the problem? The problem was they were not planted properly. See, friends, every one of us will face pressure. It's okay to be rattled by wind, but it's not okay to be uprooted. So I believe that one of the things that, that keeps people in a place of pressure or keeps people out of a place of faith is they're like pot plants. Pot plants. I've got some pot plants at my house. And you know what we do with pot plants? Pot plants are plants that you can, you can take here, you can take them to this house, and you can take them to that house. And we had some pot plants around our new house, and we had some other plants that are planted. The plants that are planted are actually growing. The pot plants grow to that high, and they haven't grown any further. 
What have I done with those pot plants? Well, actually, those pot plants right now are sitting on an empty section doing nothing. So the first thing you and I must do, we need to be planted and have our roots firmly in the ground. The Bible says in, in, Psalm, in, in Psalm chapter 1, Psalm chapter 1, if you've got your Bibles, just quickly turn over there. Psalm chapter 1 and verse 1. It says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of backslidden Christians. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of people who are double-minded. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seats of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law and his word and his thoughts he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water. And... And that brings forth fruit in its season, whose leaf shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Whose leaf shall never wither. It doesn't matter if there's a recession that comes. It doesn't matter if there's uh, mortgagee sales going on. It doesn't matter if people are losing their jobs. It doesn't matter what the circumstances going on around you. Blessed is the man who listens not to the counsel of the people who are backslidden, not who are double-minded, but those who, whose delight is in the law of the Lord. He shall be like a tree planted. The difference between a, a tree planted and a pot plant is this. A tree, in the, a tree who is planted will have its roots, have its foundation, will dig deep down into the ground. But a pot plant will just go from one house to another. So many Christians today, they, they just go from one house to another and wonder ever why they have troubles in their life and do not bear fruit. That lasts. Simple as this. Their lives are just like a pot plant. But blessed is the man who listens, who listens to the counsel of godly. He shall be like a tree planted by the side of the, by, by waters. And, and over here in verse, um, in Psalm, uh, Psalm 91, Psalm 92, in verse 13, it says, those who are planted in the house of the Lord, those who are planted in the house of the Lord, those who are planted, whose roots, whose, whose, whose strength, who are, who, are, who are connected relationally in the house of the Lord, they shall flourish in the courts of our God, and they shall still bear fruit in old age, and they shall still be fresh and flourishing. How many people this evening, you want to live your life and still bear fruit even in old age? You don't want to be a has-been. You don't want to be somebody at the end of your life is just sitting on the shelf. Sadly, so many people are in the world today. Blessed is the man who was planted in the, in the house of the Lord. So this thing about I was looking about planting and, and, and looking about, I was thinking about grass. When people go through tough times, it's very, very easy to look at other fields and to say, hey, the grass looks greener over there. How many people have heard that saying before, that the grass looks greener over there? I was thinking about that. What makes the grass look greener? What makes the grass look greener? I've got a couple of thoughts. One, everything looks better from a distance. So when you, when you look at something close up, you can see the, the little ruts and the little dents and the little dry, the dry patches, and you can see the, the little bits and pieces. You can see the imperfections when you're close. But most things look good from a distance. Most things look good from a distance. Funny thing is, when you start to look at things close up, that green grass that looks so good over there, when you start to have a good look at it, actually it doesn't always look as, as good as it is. Sometimes the grass looks greener on the other side because we, we, view, life, we view life selectively. 
We've already got beliefs. We've already got mindsets. We've already got trains of thought of how things will actually be. We, lo- we, we view life selectively. We, we, we view circumstances. We view, we view positions. We view circ- uh, so many things in life we, we, we see selectively as though we've got blue or red colored glasses on. Another reason why the grass always looks green is it's because we've been conditioned to think that way. So you look at the advertising market today. How come... Um, uh, an advertising company can get inside of your mind that you need something that you've never even heard of before. How come a, a, an advertising company or somebody can sell you one thing, then six months later it's out of date and you need to get the next thing? Why? Because we can get conditioned by marketing. We get conditioned to think in particular ways. Sometimes the grass looks greener on the other side when you're under pressure because it's actually not real grass. <laughs> If you look in the world today, everywhere you look, we, we're bombarded with things that you need to have and to, to have your life successful or to have your life a lot much, uh, much easier. You look at burgers. How many times I mean, have you ever seen a burger or seen a meal that you've bought on TV or you, you've seen on a brochure? And that meal looks really, really good. Then when the thing turns up, it's nowhere near like you ever said it was. The picture, and what, the, the picture that you have on the, pamph- on the pamphlet and what's sitting on your plate, that pulls apart. Why? Because some things are just artificial. Some things are never as they seem. I don't know. I, I, mean, I mean, you see these ads for shampoo and bits and pieces on TV. And you see these, um, you see like ladies and they get the shampoo and they, you, you, put this, you put the shampoo on and this is normal shampoo, and when you have our shampoo, you, you, instead of look like in that, you, you look like, what, that? How many times have you ever bought that shampoo and just tried it out, and you looked at the mirror and thought, doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, I tried that too. doesn't work. And sometimes you see advertisements of, of politicians that are on, on billboards up on, up on our community, especially around election time. And you look at the photo and you think, yeah. That doesn't look like that. <laughs> What's wrong? It's been airbrushed. It's been artificial. Often the times when, when, uh, when we get under pressure, when we get under intimidating circumstances, or when our life starts to get rattled, we can never really start to... Uh, things that are airbrushed or things that are artificial can start to look really, really attractive to us. But the thing is, it never, ever fulfills what you need to fulfill. It never actually meets the mark. Another thing about... Um, about, uh, about what makes the grass look green on the other side is the fact is that you're not there. That's why it looks greener. And I was offended by this when I first read it. But actually, the Bible says that out of our heart flows every issue of life. Every issue of life. Guard your heart because out of it flows the issues of life. One of the main things that we, if, if you've got troubles and pressure or, or circumstances happening around, around your life, one of the first places you've got to look at is your own heart. Very, very easy to look at how uh, hey, things could be better outside. People could, it would be better for me if I moved over there or moved over to, to that place because, uh, but the funny thing is, troubles uh, circumstances, difficulties, if God is trying to get your attention by rattling something in your life, if God is trying to do a work inside of your life, it's very, very easy to go and escape to Australia or go, and straight, or, or go to a Bible school somewhere else. But actually, most people find that their troubles will follow them. Why? Because the issue is not that the grass looks greener over there. The issue is that there's issues in our heart that God is trying to shake us to get our attention to deal with. 
Another thing about why grass looked green on the other side is this. It's made, they've made, um, what's the word? Uh, <laughs> they've made stuff their friend. If you ever look, at, if you come to my house or, 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 or go to a place which got a septic tank around the, around the uh, buried in the lawn, you'll find that above that septic tank, or when uh, you'll find that grass looks very green and grows strong. One of the things that makes grass grow is fertilizer. If you know something about fertilizer, fertilizer is made in a, a little bit of uh, leftovers, if you know what I'm talking about. I'm trying to choose my words real carefully. <laughs> The thing about what makes your life become productive and is if you... So the thing about people that, 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 um, whose lives start to flourish is they, they learn to ter- turn negative cir- circumstances, they turn things that look and appear like rubbish and make it their friend and apply it to their life and, and dig their, their roots down deeper. And what happens is they, is they turn that waste and they turn it into... those turn those difficult circumstances and they turn it into fertilizer and they grow stronger out of it. It's okay for your life to be rattled, but don't be uprooted by it. Allow yourself to have your roots go deeper in the the things of God. And this verse that carries on, go back to to the scripture in in, in Isaiah. So the thing about this, uh, Isaiah said, take your, the Lord said to Isaiah, take your son with you. So the one thing about if you want to stand, if you want to be a person of faith, you have got to be next generation minded. Next generation minded. So many people today, we, our, our lives are consumed with just our generation. But you and I have got to be people that will think not about ourselves and not about our, our little circumstances and our little troubles, but think about the people and the, and the generations that will come after us. See, friend, there will be generations that will follow you. And so I believe that the Lord said to, take Isaiah, said to Isaiah, take your son. Why, did he take, why do you want to take your son? Because I want him to hear these words of faith. I, wanted to, I, want you, I want that boy to get a, a, an example of what it means to stand in faith. The next thing he says was, um, he says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of these, uh, these two stubs of firewood. See, for many times we look at our circumstances as, 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 uh, as, um, as things to run away from. But see, God sees our now, but God also sees our future. And those things that look so fierce, those circumstances, that pressure, that situation that looks so fierce in your life right now, God sees it as just a couple of has-beens. See, there's going to come a time, if you hang on, that that pressure that you've gone through, that, that recession will one day end. There'll be a time in your life where you'll, you have to look past and say, was that all it was? Was that all it was? But the funny thing is that when you're in the midst of trouble, when you're in the midst of that circumstance, you find that it just seems to be so hot and overwhelming. But see, God sees circumstances like that as has-beens. It once was a flame, but not anymore. Once it was a flame, but not anymore. Then it goes on to say about, about standing in faith. See, God gives him four instructions. Four instructions. The first one, Don't worry about these has-beens. They're just burned out hunks of firewood. But you, first thing, you've got to take heed. First thing, you've got to take heed. If you are under a situation of pressure right now, if you're in a place in your life where you need to run, you feel like running away, if you feel like you need to quit and, and, and run away, it's very, very easy when pressure is around your life to be rattled by things. 
It's very, very easy when, when, when it feels like your world is caving in, when it feels like um, there's nowhere to hide, when it feels like you're in a, in a place of pressure, when you get in panic mode inside of your life. Very thing, it, it, it's very, very easy to make dumb decisions in those places. Many people, when they're in a place of pressure, instead of embracing it, instead of getting their roots down deeper, start to make silly decisions. They end up losing their mind. First thing you must do if you're facing a place of pressure is going to take heed. Be careful. Don't do anything rash. Many people in the, maybe in a financial situation or, or maybe God is just dealing with something in your life right now. Don't make any silly decision like packing up and running away or anywhere. Packing up and running away, just, you just lose out on what God has for you. Be careful. Don't do anything brash. The other thing he said was be quiet. Stop your jibber-jabbering. <laughs> be quiet. See, the thing, why did he want him to be quiet? Because if he, was in a, he knew that he was in a place of intimidation. The funny thing is that when, often when we're in places of intimidation, the words that come out of our mouth are incredibly powerful. The words that come out of our mouth either bring life or they bring death. When you're in a place of fear, when you're in a place of intimidation, it's very, very easy to speak words of death and to start to speak, negative situ- speak negatively over your situation. Why did he say be quiet? Be- he simply said be quiet because he didn't want him to speak words of despair over the people. He didn't want him to dig himself a hole because when you start to speak uh, over your life or over your circumstances, your words have power in them. Your words have power either to keep you in a place of confinement or to bring you into a place of faith. See, the Bible says in Jude 20, it says, build yourself by praying in the Holy Spirit. What is praying? It's praying, it's, a, it's opening up your mouth, it's, it's saying words, it's, it's starting to speak in a language of the kingdom. And as you start to speak and decree those words, those prayers get elevated to another dimension, and God can't help but to act on your behalf. Be careful what you say when you're in a place of pressure. Be careful what you say when your life is being rattled a little bit. You're better to say nothing than to say something dumb. You're better to say nothing than to say something that will put despair in the hearts of the person next to you. Just because your world is getting rattled, it doesn't mean that you have to unload it and download it on everybody else. Be careful about the words that you say. I like that ad for Snickers on TV when they got Mr. T. And the guy gets knocked over by some silly little kick in the leg. And he starts whinging and whining. Mr. T turns up the tank and says, stop your jibber-jabbering, boy. Stop your jibber-jabbering. You're not in pain, boy. I'll go show you some pain. You know, sometimes we, we get a little bit of a rattle in our life, and boy, we start to jibber and jabber and how bad life is. You want to know how bad some people's lives are? I got an email from a friend from Amwar this week. 168 houses have been burnt. Houses of Christians have been burnt by Muslims. Many people lost their lives, got nowhere to live. You got problems? Stop your jibber-jabbering. Stop your whining. Stop speaking out words of negativity. You ain't going to do nothing if you speak words of negativity like that. So be quiet. You're better off saying nothing. <laughs> Don't fear. See, fear locks people up. When you're afraid inside, you won't be in a place of victory. So the Bible says that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, peace, and a sound mind. 
See, the fear is a spirit. You and I can choose to walk in a spirit of fear. You and I can choose to walk in a spirit of worry. See, when all around us we have media saying this and media speaking that about people losing their jobs and, and things, all these different happenings going on, and, and people are, are whining about the troubles and the stuff that's going down in their life, it's very, very easy for a spirit to get a hold of people's lives. See, Bob, but the Bible causes us in, in, uh, causes us in, in, in uh, Galatians chapter 5 to walk in the Spirit. Everybody walks in the Spirit. You're a spirit being. Everybody walks in the Spirit to a certain extent. But in Galatians 5, we are called to walk in relationship with the Holy Spirit, not with the spirit of fear. See, the fruit of walking with the Holy Spirit is that of love, joy, and peace. But when you walk, when you choose to walk with the spirit of fear, you will be powerless. You will not be a man of faith. You will not be a woman of faith. Simple instructions. Take heed. Be quiet. Don't fear. Don't be faint-hearted. You've got to be strong inside. What does it mean to be faint-hearted? It means to have your soul weak. Many people, when they're in a place of, uh, when their life is in a place of shaking, when their life is in a place of turmoil, get to a place where they cannot make a decision. If you're in a place where you cannot make a decision, your life will be disempowered. If you allow your soul, if you allow your emotions to get drained and weak, you won't be able to make decisions. And friend, your life is decided by the decisions that you make. Every one of us makes decisions. You can have a great attitude but make dumb decisions. It's not your attitude that determines your future. It's your decisions that determine your future. And if you're weak inside, if you allow yourself to get faint-hearted, you'll find that you'll make weak decisions. You'll find that you'll over, be overcome with, 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 with other things and, and, and you'll be overcome all over your life. Four things. Take heed. Be quiet. Don't fear. Don't be faint-hearted. And it carries on to say um, in Isaiah chapter 7, take heed. Don't worry about these smoking uh, firebrands because these guys have come up and said to you, go and let us trouble it. Friends, there are a couple of things. There's, see, the Bible says that the devil has come to only rob, steal, and destroy. And see, the, these, the enemy had just come to do these things. He said, because they said against themselves, one, let us go against Judah and trouble it. One thing that the devil wants to do to your life. One thing that you can allow these circumstances to do. One, you can allow it to trouble you. His intention is to trouble you. His intention is to torment you, bring you into a place of torment. That's all the devil wants to do. And so many people today in our circumstance, in our community today, struggling with demonic pressure, struggling under torment, under, uh, under tremendous demonic pressure. Their lives are, are being rattled, and instead of growing in faith out of it, they're under pressure. Many people are contemplating suicide. So many people today turning to the bottle. They want to trouble you. Let us make a gap in the wall for ourselves. See, one of the things is, uh, about making a gap is the Bible says, don't let the devil get a foothold. Don't let the devil get a foothold inside of your life. Don't allow offenses. Don't allow uh, discouragement to get inside of your life. Don't allow uh, uh, offenses to come and breach relationships. So when you allow a, a, an offense to come in, the wall that surrounds us, see, there's strength in unity. There was strength when you and I stand together. And when offense allows to come and take place, when offenses come in amongst us, it's like a gap, it's like a breach that will start to take place. 
It's like an open door that will allow demon spirits to come and influence our lives. You and I are called to stand together in unity. You and I are brothers and sisters. In one case, you have the Judah's brother Israel would align itself with the enemy. Friends, don't allow your, don't align yourself with, with backslidden Christians, especially at this time right now. Don't allow yourself to align yourself with people that are double-minded. Don't align yourself with, with people who are, who are offended. Don't allow offense to take a hold of your life. It's just not worth it. As soon as an offense takes place, deal with it. Don't give place to the devil. The Bible also says that sin waits at the door, waiting for an opportunity to get in. An offense or disappointment. Very, very easy to, to allow a breach. And once there's a breach been taken place, very, very hard to stop people coming in. Friends, if you are, are sitting on offenses right now, I would encourage you to deal with them. If you are sitting on offenses, you will not be able to stand in faith while that breach is still taking place. Especially in that we're in a time right now where, where whole, uh, people's lives are getting rattled. Then it's a great time for offenses to take place. That's a, it's a great time for relationships to be strained. Don't allow offenses to take place. The other thing he says, what we're going to do is we're going we're gonna to torment them, we're going we're gonna to trouble them, we're going to make a gap in the wall for ourselves, and we're going to set a king over them. We're going to set a puppet king. Now, see, the thing about this is that it's, this king was just a, was just, uh, it's just a silly man. Basically, what he's talking about was uh, we're going to allow demon spirits to get a, get a hold of their life. Demon spirits will rule over them instead. See, friends, you and I are in a place right now where either we have a choice whether we will live our life in torment, that we will allow breaches to start to get into relationships and divide us, whether we will allow demon spirits to rule over our lives, or we have a choice to stand in faith. All of us, my friends, will make that decision. All of us, my friends, will make that choice. And it goes on to say, God said these words, it shall not happen. It's not going to happen. Even though this threat is around you, even though it looks difficult, even though it looks like your world is falling apart, your world will not fall apart. It is God's plan that your world will not fall apart. It is God's plan that you would live and that you would prosper. Even though the world might be shaking around a little bit right now, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. See, God spoke words of faith over the people of Judah. In a specific time. Friends, you need to hear the word of God tonight for you. Your world may be under threat. Your world may be shattered. Your world may be troubled in some way. It may look like there's no way out. You may be in a position where I've got no hope. But my friends, I want to encourage you tonight. Hear those words of the Lord. It will not happen. It will not happen. And he goes on to say these final words. Within a few years, these, these situations are going to be too scattered to be in the people. But if you do not stand in faith, you will not stand at all. See, faith, my friends, is an action. Faith is more than just, it, it's more than just saying a few words. Your life could be overwhelmed, but if you stand in the faith, if you stand in confidence, if you stand in the word of God, you will not be overcome. 
You will not be overcome, my friends. It doesn't matter what financial situation. It doesn't matter if God is doing a shaking inside of your life. If you decide in your heart, so you have the power of choice. If you decide on your heart to stand in faith, you and I in this time, we must stand together in faith. Otherwise, we won't stand at all. So Haggai 2 talks about, one, about God talking about he's going he's gonna to start to shake the world. Everywhere you look, people's uh, worlds are being shaken. But he says these words three times. He says, be strong three times. Be strong, be strong, be strong. And then he goes on to say, do not fear. Why? Because I'm going to shake the world. And you're going to need to have strong faith. Am I shaking the world just for the heck of shaking the world, just because I feel like it, because I want to torment you? No, I'm not shaking the world because of that. He goes on to say, I want to shake the world. I want to shake some stuff out of it. Because why? Because I want to extend my glory. He says, the glory of the latter house will be former than that of the, of the, of the former house. Friends, you may be in a place that uh, is shaking right now, but I want to encourage you. That this is not to destroy. It's not, it's not here to, de- to bring you down. It's not meant to, to destroy you. It's not re- meant to, to torment you. It's meant to shake your life so you can realign your priorities. It's meant to shake your life so you can make a decision to stand in faith. It's meant to shake your life. It's meant to rattle your world a bit. Why? So that God's glory can be evident and radiate out from your life stronger today than it was yesterday. God's done some great things in the past. But if we could look into how God sees our future, the best years are ahead. If you do not stand in faith, you will not stand at all. The question is today, will you stand in faith? Will you stand in faith today? Why don't we just close our eyes and bow our heads. Father, today we thank you for your hand upon our lives. Thank you, Lord, Father, for the work that you're doing in our lives. Lord, tonight, we choose to stand in faith. Lord, even though what we see with our natural eyes may be contrary to what we can think or imagine, Lord, tonight, we make a decision that we will stand in faith, that even though our circumstances may look bad, we know that your plans for us are for good and to prosper us. They want to release your glory through us. That you want to enlarge our faith. Tonight, Lord, we make a decision that we will be planted in your house. That we know that you've called us and that you've ordained us for such a time of this. Friends, if you are here tonight, it tells me one thing that you haven't been overcome yet. (laughs) It shall not happen. They shall not prevail against you. Whether you may be in a financial situation, maybe you're dealing with things like rejection or you're having some old old belief systems rattled. If you can know in your heart, what does it mean to stand in faith? To stand in faith means this. To know in the depth of my heart That God has a plan. God has a purpose for my life. God wants to use me to demonstrate his power and to let let my life be a channel of his glory. And that the glory that is about to come from my life is greater tomorrow than it was yesterday.
To stand in faith means to to believe from the bottom of my heart and to choose that I will not quit. That even though circumstances may look against me, that I know in the bottom of my heart that God's will will prevail. Finish with that starting the line. The Syrians and the, the backslidden Christians went up to Jerusalem to make war against it, but it could not prevail against it. Friends, it doesn't matter what's coming against your life right now. If you stand in faith tonight, it will not prevail against you. The choice is yours. Will you stand in faith or will you be like a pot plant? Shift from one house to another. Why don't you make a decision tonight that you will commit to standing in faith every day You will stand up and you will pray in tongues. You will pray over your circumstances. You will pray over your situation. You will see how God sees. Maybe you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus Christ. Tonight you want to make a decision to follow Jesus Christ. Why don't you just raise your hand right now where you are. You're here tonight and you, you don't know Jesus Christ. Tonight you want to make a decision to follow him. Why don't you just raise your hand? Is there somebody here tonight? Maybe you're here tonight and your world's been a little bit rattled and you, you feel like running away. But tonight you hear God speaking to you to stand in faith again. Maybe, you're, maybe you've allowed fear and intimidation to get around your life. Maybe you've been jibber-jabbering a wee bit too much and speaking negative circumstances. Maybe your heart has grown faint and weak. Friend, all you need to do is just to make, take a moment to get into the presence of God. Allow His presence, allow His power to come over your life again. Realign your focus. Tonight, why don't you make a decision to stand in faith? Come on, why don't we just stand to our feet this evening? Carl, what's the song we're going to sing? Let's go. Let's lift him up, man. The time has come for us to stand for what we believe in. Friends, I encourage you tonight. Stand in faith every day. Make a decision. Make a decision to stand in faith, no matter what it looks like around you. It will not prevail against you. Amen? It's time to stand and confess what we believe in. Come on, let's stand and worship. Praise him tonight.